black. Which is then the So ours ours is black and has a little button that we
Good evening, Tucson Mountain Baptist Church. Very glad that each one of you are here. Let's bow for a, a brief prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for each person that is here, every single person that is here that has made an effort to come here and be a part of the fellowship. Lord, we ask you to bless our service this day, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. No, not one. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly. No, not one, no, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Did ever saints find this friend forsaken? No, not one. No, not one. Or sinner find that he would not take him? No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one. No, not one. Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Good evening, guys and gals. How we doing? Uh, 
they're not very talkative. Okay, you see this? This is the big book that I've been giving you uh, the information from. But it's full of a lot more information. Thank God you're not getting it. Because it's way too much. You have a couple things tonight. Did you bring your book? Most everybody brought their book. You have your cheat sheet. So we need you need a book. The books are the ones that you took and you did your profiles in. All right. Um, you have to give one to Debbie. One for Debbie so she can follow along. If you're just following along and not marking in them, we'd like them back because they're not cheap. Okay? The spiritual gifts profile and the personality profile. But before we do that, you guys are going to answer some questions for me. We're going to play question time. What did you guys learn from what we've been working on so far? How much do you guys remember? Let's start first off with, do you remember the difference between temperament, character, and personality? You got the cheat sheet. Go ahead and read it. Anybody else got the cheat sheet? Okay. So the personality is what the profiles were when you guys did the personality profiles in regard to it's a combination. It makes up who you are when you're all by yourself and a combination of who you think or you, you think expect the world expects you to act like and be like. There's a combination there. So on the graph in that book, when you look at the personality profile, and it says so on the front of the book, there's some combination things that take place. You have two graphs. So what you're looking for is the highest points on those two graphs. Okay? That's going to help you answer the first question in that questionnaire. You're looking at the very highest points. So what you want to do on that questionnaire, wherever I did get it, is this is it's the second question, or the first question actually. And my lovely wife typed it, but I think she left it out. Um, what is let's just ask the question. What is your two highest points on those two graphs? What? You're back there waving at me. What? Oh. Okay, but that's that's the Okay, but that's for spiritual gifts. This is. This is. Did you guys not get sheets for today? Hang on a second. Let's get these. That's why everybody's confused. That's why I'm confused. Doesn't take much to confuse me anymore, guys. Seriously. Hey, watch it. You heard that. That's for sure. 
<coughs> While we're getting those sheets into your hands, I want you guys to understand something. What we're doing tonight and probably next Wednesday night is looking at combining those spiritual gifts, our gift, through the profile that you did, and your personality, your temperament. We're, we're going to look at how to combine those things together and how those things fit together to serve in ministry. Okay? So let me just read you some excerpts from some certain things. Most personality types relate specifically to their spiritual gift type. Now, I'm, they're talking about service here. Such individuals with a gift of serving and showing mercy often have those S-type personalities. We'll talk about that a little bit earlier on. The D and C-type personalities often have gifts of prophecy and administration. The exhorters are the I and the S-types. The gift of teaching typically comes more from those individuals that have the S and C-type characteristics. But I's play into that. So as we talk about these things, you're going to start putting the pieces of this puzzle together. However, God's not in a box. So a lot of these things, where, where most times when we look at our spiritual gifts and we think about our personalities, when we start putting these two things together, you might be that higher C on your graph and that more calculating, that one that's more analytical and, and you enjoy teaching, you enjoy leading, but... The I individual may come along, and because they have so much more of an influence on other people, and and they're really outgoing and an extrovert, then they may be able to do that, but that's not a natural characteristic. It's not part of their personality. So God's not in a box. So why do you think God gives some people spiritual gifts that sometimes don't seem to match their personality? To stretch them, to make them grow. What else? Yeah? Okay. Sometimes it is. You know, one particular person can't always reach all other kinds of people. So God gifts us with different personalities and different character traits and, and different temperaments and different spiritual gifts so that as a group, collectively, we can reach more people. But what does that mean? What does that mean to us as a group in order for that to be effective? Nobody? It means everybody's got to do their part. Doesn't it mean that we have to be accepting of the other types of personalities? We do, but it also means everybody's got to be working together for the common goal. And the common purpose. I told, I told you guys something. God, God has a plan, and, and we each should have a purpose. And, and with that plan and God's purpose, what is our individual purpose for ourselves? To glorify God. And to grow spiritually. And then what's our collective purpose as a body of believers to serve God? Lead people in Jesus. Bring, bring others to Christ. Christ. That's that's our purpose. God, God left us here with a reason. 
and then we need to be fulfilling that reason, that purpose. And it's not always easy. I know that. We live in a strange world today. Several people have talked to me about that. It's funny because I've had like three or four people tell me how crazy things are in their life today and just how it doesn't fit. So, so let's think about this question here. Describe in your own words. If, if you've done your spiritual gift profile and you remember what your spiritual gifts are, gifts are, you can answer that first question. Describe in your own words your primary spiritual gift type based on spiritual gifts that you did. What would they look like? Describe them. And if you write it out, raise your hand. If, if you're, you're brave, brave enough to read it, because I want to hear it. Anybody? Yeah, mine was serving in ministry. Serving in ministry. Okay. Would, Would you agree with that assessment, Jack, or not? Okay, I agree with you 100%. Because you, you, you enjoy serving other people. You enjoy helping take care of other people. You enjoy ministering to others. And, and that is, I believe, your strongest spiritual gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Mine is serving and teaching. Serving and teaching? Do you, you agree with your stuff? Yeah. See, these things are these things when you when you do them and you do them correctly and you answer them honestly, they'll come extremely close, if not dead on, to what you're you're really gifted at, the spiritual gift that God has given you. So you need to if you haven't completed the profile yet, I want to encourage you to do that. Because it's going to help you at least identify areas that you'll be able to work with them. And then if it's not an exact fit, that's okay. But it gives you a starting point. It gives you a jumping off point. Alright? So let's go over a second. First Corinthians 19. I'm sorry. First Corinthians 9. 19. And at the same time, we're going to turn to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 19. Galatians 5, 19. And I'm going to read from 2, uh, starting in verse 6. We do not receive a message of wisdom among the poor, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we seek God secretly. A wisdom has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. And the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For, among, for who among men knows the thoughts of man, except the man's spirit within him? And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God, 
accept the Spirit. So as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about these gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about your personality and your temperament and your character, all these things tie together. And now that combination is who you really are. So as we, as we think about these things, I want you to remember that. Time before last when we met, Pastor Gasper preached last week, we talked about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the, the fruits of the Spirit. Remember what those were? Turn over to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, if you don't remember. What were they? I hear, I hear a few weak ones. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Good job there. That's something that we all need to remember, and we need to put those things into practice. And we're going to talk about those a little bit when we combine these. This when we combine combine our natural personality type with our supernatural spiritual gifts, we have to put those things into practice. That fruit of the spirit we have to apply, or else it's not going to work. There's going to be struggles along the way anyway, but we have to apply those things. So who has uh, 1 Corinthians 9.19 for me? Okay, Jack, go ahead. Okay, so what are we supposed to do with our spiritual gifts? Use them. And it's, it's, I love you guys, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand, but it's not optional. And we treat it like it's optional. That becomes problematic. I was telling two different people today earlier that, that I caught a little flack recently for the church not growing faster. And I said, well, when everybody gets on board, it'll work. Because one person or two people is not going to do it. There has to be a, con a concerted effort. It's got to be like a concert. You ever go to an opera or a concert? There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. There's a lot of stuff happening on the stage. But everybody's participating. Everybody's working for the same end thing. That's what needs to happen if we really want to see the church grow. And not just this body of Christ, but all the other bodies and families of Christ. That's the only way it's going to work. Okay? So in 1 Corinthians 9.19, we talk about that passage, what it meant to you. And you guys said we're working and working together. So describe in your own words your secondary spiritual type gift. What's the secondary one you have on your spiritual gift profile? Anybody got one? Showing mercy? Is showing mercy always easy? That's a, that's a tough one, you know? Um, especially if you feel like you've been burned before. So that's not an easy one. I, I, that's great that you have that. Anyone else? What's another one? Yeah, Warren. 
Compassion. That's another tough one. Anything else? First Corinthians nine twenty two. It's got that. Warren, read it for us. To the weak I become weak, that I might gain the weak. I am become all things to all men, that I may be all means save some. Okay. God gives us those spiritual gifts, but sometimes if we are strong in one area. We may have to become weak in another area so that we can get to someone. Okay? Showing mercy and compassion may not be your strong suit. But for others, it might be. So let me ask you a technical question. If you know that you don't have the gift of mercy and you don't have the gift of compassion, but you're talking to somebody and they, and they really need mercy and compassion at that particular moment, and you know somebody standing over here has that gift, what should you do? There you go. Get somebody else involved. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what's supposed to be helping one another and leaning on one another. When you have a weakness, go to a brother or sister in Christ that you know has that strength and take them there and show that person to them and let them talk to them. Let them minister to them where you may not say the right word or be effective in that particular moment. They might be. We have, to, we have to stop worrying about this. Well, you know, I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Because that just shuts down the whole process. That really hurts people. There's a reason that these things are important. So what's your highest plotting point? The third question down. What's your highest plotting point on the graphs of one and two for spiritual gifts? Yeah. yeah. The letter. The I? So you're an influencer. Do you remember what the I was? Somebody go ahead and answer their phone. It's okay. I hear one ringing. What was some of the characteristics? That, that I behavior is a sanguine behavior. Do you remember what some of it was? Jack? Okay. Okay, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember what the I-type personalities were? You have it in the book. They're people, people. That's right. Oops. Well, that's just wonderful. <coughs> Guess what? That thing moved. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can get regrouped here. Give me just a second. Ah, thank you, Robbie. All right, let's try this a little bit different way then. Lower this down a little bit. There we go. 
Okay, so those I-type personalities, do you remember some of the characteristics of them? Hey, what? Page five. Page five. <laughs> they're known as sanguine. They're, they're outgoing. They're people-oriented. They, they love to be around people. They love to help people. But look at their basic motivation. What's their motivation? Recognition and approval. They, they actually thrive on someone else's approval and recognition. It's not that they need the recognition of the whole group. They just need the recognition of the individuals they're serving. So we need to think about that. Look at what they desire. Family relationships, freedom from details. They're not very, they're, they don't like details. They would rather you say, hey, you know what? We have something to do. Would you just go do that? Don't tell us how you do it. Just get it done. That's what they love to hear. And they will get it done. Because the minute you start piling on details, they don't like that. Okay? Look at what they, um, opportunities to help others, opportunity to motivate others, and a chance to verbalize ideas. I personalities are typically really uh, outgoing talkers. They're inspiring. They're influencing. They want to make change with people. Okay? Anyone else? What were the two highest points on your graphs? Say again. I and I, Elaine. <coughs> Anybody got one different than I? Chris. Okay, what was the other? Yeah. S and what? And blend. But what blend? Oh, all the way straight across. Okay. Did you, did you find your graph for that in the book? What did it say about that? That's not you? I don't know. I hear a funny laugh from Warren. I'm not sure he agrees with that or not. S? Okay. Yes, go ahead, Ryan. No, not necessarily. You have to remember some things, though. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at the D personalities for a second. All right? If you have your book and you can find a D, the page would look like D-I-S-C or something like that. And you can see that D-type temperament. Let's look at that for a second. Ds are very task-oriented. All right? Look at the D component words that fit with that. Dominating, directing, driving, demanding, determined, decisive, doing. 
When you're working with evangelism in today's society, how do you think that's going to go over? You grab them by the collar and say, hey, you will accept Jesus? How's that going to work? I don't know. Some street evangelism, you might be able to do that. Bill would be the one to talk to more about that, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not what he uses. <laughs> Put your gloves and mask on. <laughs> um, their basic motivation, challenge and control. So they would, they would be hard-pressed um, being, being a very compassionate evangelist. Okay, and I'm sorry, Ryan, what was your other one, I? C? Okay, but, but, but think, think about the gift of evangelism itself. The gift of evangelism is you have a compassionate heart, you're caring, you want to see somebody else come to Jesus. And look at the S characteristics and the C characteristics, and, and that, that fits that much closer than a D and an I. An, an I is actually um, great at leading the charge, but when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, sitting down with them, they're, 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 they're much more prone to try to force a situation than they are to lead in a situation. Where C's and I's are much more prone to lead and to encourage and not discourage. Where a lot of D's can, can become discouragers also. So it's not, really, it's not really a bad mix. It's just that you have to remember some of those things the way they fit. Yeah, Robert. So maybe, maybe what you're saying is that it's, it's possible to correct the evangelism so it gets to another level. No, you're fine. And, and we have to, you have to remember, I mean, evangelism, okay, what's, what's the great commandment? No, that, that great commandment. I'm getting to that one, Debbie. Hold on a second. What's the great commission? Go. Go is the Great Commission. Okay. Is that a commandment or yeah. is it optional? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. This is where we're going to have a disagreement now. Okay. Here's, here's the dilemma. Okay. A lot of people treat it as a suggestion and they look at it, Ryan, I want you to listen. Okay. They look at it, at the, the gift of evangelism is only a gift, and it's not something we're commanded to do. Think about that for just a second. 
We are commanded by God through the Great Commission to go and tell the world about Jesus. That's tough sometimes, I know. But you know what? It's not optional. It's not a suggestion. And you may think you don't have that responsibility, but the Bible says we do have that responsibility even if we don't have the gift of evangelism. Okay, let's think about this for a second, what you guys were talking about with this evangelism. Just this one characteristic, okay? Just this one spiritual gift. If you're out on the street, Bill, Larry, Beth, these guys do, do homeless ministry, street ministry. They're out on the street, and they meet a confrontational individual. What do you think is going to work better, the C or S type personality or a D type, D and I type personality? the DNI type personality, because they're stronger, they're going to come forward, they're going to be bolder, and they're going to face that confrontation in a different way than a CNS type personality would. But if you've got somebody come in the church and, and, and comes in real quiet and sits in the back and doesn't really sh have a lot of interaction and there's a lot of stuff going on in the church and, and they're sort of holding back, do you think that DNI type personality is going to impress them more, or the S and C type personality is going to impress them more? That person that comes in with the gentle personality, and and the gentle, hello, how you doing? We're glad to see you here. We really appreciate you being here tonight. If there's anything we can do to help you, just let us know. You know, if you don't mind, can I sit here with you? Can I sit? Can I, can I sit by you? Whatever. See, there's different personality types to fit either each and every different situation. And sometimes that's why I said we, we, we have to, the whole reason I'm doing this is so that every single one of us, those that know and those that don't know, those that know can be reminded and those that don't know can learn that we have to lean on one another and we also have to be willing to get involved and be willing to understand what our temperament and our characteristics are and what our spiritual gifts are and to apply those in such a way that we're working together. And not that you haven't been. You guys sitting here tonight are the ones that typically have been working together and working for the common goal, which is to see more individuals come to Jesus. But we need more soldiers. We always need more soldiers. More? Was it your hand up? Oh, Chris's. I'm sorry, I ain't got my glasses on. Absolutely. 
let me let me let's let's take a straw poll. I want you guys to be brutally honest. All right. Some of you went through faith training. Some of you did not, and I understand that. But how many of you can give a personal testimony or have a personal testimony that you can give in three minutes or less? Well, maybe a third of us. Okay. All right. See, there's there's some things about a testimony. And and we may cover that. We may need to go back and look at that. Because just the fact that you guys are here and you're trying to absorb this and you're trying to learn this tells me that you're interested. And maybe we need to go back to some of the information that we need so that we can fine-tune our skills and hone those skills so that when we're approached and, and we have the opportunity to witness, that we can give that personal testimony in three minutes or less and we can share it with someone and ask them that key question from faith. Well, in your personal opinion, what do you understand it takes to go to heaven? Man, that opens the door because they are going to tell you one of three or four different answers. And then based on one of those three or four different answers, you have a response. But you have to be willing. You have to sort of think ahead. Scripture says that we are to be fishers of men and women. But you know what? If we're going to be fishers, we've got to make sure we have, we're ready and we have the bait that we need. And I'm not talking about something obscure. I'm talking about the bait is the answer to the questions that people may give us. So we have to be prepared. And if you're not prepared with a personal testimony to tell them how Jesus has changed your life, and you don't have to spend 57 minutes telling them how bad you used to be, there's three components to a three-minute testimony. So, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of ways we can attack this. But I think we all need to be prepared and be ready. And I'm, I'm just going to say something, and, and it's not a reflection on you guys as much as it is a reflection on me. All right? And I've been sort of holding back a little bit. I haven't cast any visions. I haven't tried to make any big, big plans. I know Pastor Search Committee is just about ready to be announced. I know they have a job in front of them. I know it's going to be a hard job. And I praise, praise them for the fact they're willing to serve and do that. But, you know, there's some stuff that, that, that can be moving the church forward, but it takes everybody working together. So, you know, just something to think about. Okay, so those other questions. Let me find my little paper here after we threw them all on the floor. Um, did we read Colossians 9, 2, 9, and 10? Okay, somebody read that for us. I got it over here too. Here we go. Anybody got it? Is that Colossians? Two, nine, and ten.
Okay, so Christ in the fullness of his deity was in his form. In the fullness of his form. We're given that same completeness, that same form. He was the power in the head, and he had all the authority. Guess who's he's given us the power? He's given us the power. He's given us the opportunity. He's telling us he's not here. We're his hands. We're his feet. Here we are, we're his eyes. We're to be working and doing the things that we need to be doing. So that's the challenge. What's your next highest point on the graphs? Anybody got some? Something different than eyes? S, okay. I and S. So do you guys remember what the S's are? How many of you in here S's? Second one? Okay. How many of you here are C's? Okay. All right. So let's talk let's let's talk for a second. The sheet that I told you about with the D I S C on it. Let's look at just the D and I's for a second, and then we'll go down to the C's and S's. The D's and I's are those active, outgoing people. The D's are task-oriented. The I's are people-oriented. Okay? And we've got to keep that in mind. The C and S's, those are the folks that typically like to work behind the scenes. Those are the folks that don't care if they're out in front of people. They actually would rather not be out in front of people much. They'll do it if they have to, but they'd really rather not. The S's, because we were talking about those first, those are those steady, sty, shy, stable, secure-minded folks. And they're, they're needed. That's how a lot of stuff gets done. With their basic motivation, if you look at that paper, look at your page there, is stability and support. They need to know that they are stable in the situation they're in, and they need to know they have the support of those that are working around them. And if they have that, they will give you the support you need. Look at their desires. Uh, areas of specialization, established work patterns, and consistent, familiar environments. If you take them out of a consistent, familiar environment and you throw them out into something that they don't understand, they, be, they will freak out on you every single time. Okay? They respond best to leaders who are relaxed and friendly and allow time to adjust to change. And in the C's, look at their basic motivation, quality and correctness. They're very competent. They're very compliant. They make great bookkeepers and auditors. Okay, and their desires clearly define task. They want to make sure that um, they they don't like risk. They're not risk takers. They, they they they're not very good gamblers. Put it that way. All right. They want they uh, respond best to leaders who provide resources to do the task correctly, and who will listen to suggestions. Now look at each one of those individual temperaments there and look at what they need to learn. Look at your highest point on your plotting 
and look at what you need to learn in regard to things that have to change a little bit. Those D's need to learn you need other people. See, D's will try to do it all by themselves. They don't care. They're so, they're so tough that they'll just do it on their own, and they, they usually won't ask for help unless they're paying somebody. Then they're going to tell them exactly what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Yeah, yeah. They won't be around the bush at all about it. <laughs> they need to learn relaxing is not, not a criminal offense, you know. Um, the eyes, you know, eyes, eyes will get to doing things, and they will, start, they will start a project, and 16 hours later, they'll be going, oh, it's still not done yet. They just, they get, in, they get wrapped up in what they're doing, and they forget. Or they'll get to having a conversation with somebody, and three days later, it's time to go home, you know. That's the type of person eyes are. Deadlines are important. They need to remember that. And sometimes too much optimism can get you in trouble. They're very optimistic. They're great people to be around. They're fun to be around. But sometimes too much of them will wear you out. Uh, C behaviors. Okay, they need to learn total support is not always possible. We talked about that. And they need more optimism. C's can sometimes be very critical. Because they're 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 so cautious and they're and they're so um, um, calculating, I guess, compliant that that they they forget that they can be sort of critical. Say what? Nitpicky? Yeah, that would that would work too. And then the S behaviors. Change provides opportunity. The S's don't like change. And it's really, that's a struggle for them. It really is. Um, friendship isn't always everything. The, here's, here's the odd thing. The, the C's and the S's really would like to be friends with a lot of different people. But the C's, because they're so cautious, they, they, they won't go. If somebody comes to them, they'll accept them most time after they vet them. But, but the S's, they're like, they're like really withdrawn and, and you're going to have to work your way into them they're going to want to bet you two or three times before they let you in okay um and boldness they need to they need to be more bold in their practices okay all right so let me just read you a couple of things and then we'll close for tonight but i wanted to take you through that process and get you guys through there let's read a couple more scripture verses uh Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Somebody got that? Yes, sir. What does that mean to you guys? What do those verses mean to you? Today, right now, in your life. You have been raised with Christ. Just that one part. What does that really mean to you? 
Does it have an impact on you? Is it impacting your life in any way? Yes, no, maybe so, you guys. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Our life, our life should be focused on God, focused on Christ, because it's hidden in Him and He is in us. He's protecting us. He's watching over us. He's holding us in the palm of His hands. He's, he's got His hands wrapped around us to protect us and watch over us as His children. Do you guys believe that? If, if we really believe that, then what is there to fear? Should we fear death? Should we fear life? See, a lot of people don't fear death. As Christians, they don't fear death because they know in their mind where they're going to go. It's life that they're afraid of. It's life that they're afraid of because you've got to live life. Is life easy? No. Did he tell us it was going to be easy? Didn't he tell us that life was going to be full of trials, troubles, and tribulations? Are you living that? Every single one of us are in our own particular way, right? So, so, so why does it freak us out when that happens? That's what I, that's what I think about in my own life sometimes. I get, I get to laughing at myself. I'm thinking, you know, God told me it's going to be like this. Why do, I, why do I worry? Why do I panic? We shouldn't. But our lives are hidden in his hand. Our lives are hidden because they should be wrapped up in him because he's wrapped up in us. Scripture says the spirit dwells within us, right? And I see a couple of heads nodding. The rest of you evidently aren't sure. He says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If we're setting our sights on things above, what does that mean we're looking forward to? heaven we're looking forward to being able to go home but we have a task to do while we're here while we're living this life he says for you died what do you mean we died we died to sin we should be dying to self we should be dying to satan is that easy no. Because here's the problem. We talked about this Sunday a couple of weeks ago. The world is out to take us down. If you're watching on video, listening on audio, remember that. The world is out to take us down as Christians. But here's the problem. We are in his hands. We're protected in his hands. His Holy Spirit dwells within us. His Holy Spirit fills us. His Holy Spirit gives us gifts. His Holy Spirit moves in our lives to protect us and watch over us and make us the individuals we need to be. But we can reject it. We can quench and squelch the Holy Spirit's work in our lives by not doing what he wants us to do. We can put the brakes on it. And I think in a lot of cases we do. 
So we have to think about that. For you died and your life is now hidden in, with Christ in God. Verse 4 says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Guess what, guys? We get to go be with Jesus. Can there be anything better? We're going to be out of here and up there with Jesus. No more problems, no more tribulations, no more trials, no more pain, no more worry, no more anxiety, no more suffering, no more listening to the nitpicking. Right? I hope so, and I believe so. That's part of our hope. That's part of what we're looking forward to. That's what we want to. That's what we want to go to. Right? First Corinthians nine twenty four and twenty seven. Had it and I lost it. 24 through 27. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Man, there's some stuff that we do that might be permissible that we just really shouldn't do because it doesn't benefit us one hoot. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. Listen, what is he saying in all that? He's saying, you know what? Sometimes we get caught up in all these other things that we don't need to worry about. If everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, but it becomes beneficial because we're able to talk to somebody about Jesus, where did Jesus go? Did he go to the high and mighty? Did he, did he always dine with the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees? No. He went into the house of sinners. He went into those people's homes that he knew needed him most. And when the Pharisees and Sadducees and priests and all those guys, those high up muckety muck religious leaders said, hey, why are you going into all these sinners' houses? He said, who needs, who needs a doctor, the sick or the healthy? Who needs Jesus? Who needs Jesus? Every single one of us need Jesus. But if you already have Jesus, who needs Jesus? Lauren. The homeless ministry is so powerful because those people have nothing but what's on their back, yeah. most of them. And if they're lucky, they have a grocery cart full of junk. They have no hope. Yeah. They're as low as, as low as you get. There's, there's, there's something I want you guys to think about. This, 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 the statements that I'm making, the process that I'm making, having you guys try to understand all this and wrap your minds around, I know it's a lot to take in in, in the way we've been doing it in bite-sized pieces on Wednesday nights. But we have the one thing that we can give people who are hurting and need help 
that, that the world can't give them, and that's hope. They can give them money. We can give them food. We can give them all these other things. But the hope that they can have in Jesus Christ, that the life they're living now is only temporary. Listen, we've got to remember, this is not our home. We are only passing through. Praise God for that. I don't know about most of you guys, but I'm ready. My mind is ready. My heart is ready. My body and, and, and soul is prepared. I'm ready to go home. If God was to take me tonight, praise God. But you know what? I know that there's still more stuff he wants me to do. What is, what is it? I have no clue. Because I have to live one day at a time. And so do you. But that one day that we wake up in the morning, our eyes pop open, we have the gift of salvation that we can offer people. We don't, we don't give them salvation, but we can offer them the gift that Jesus gives us salvation. And because of that, we can give them the hope that every single one of us need. And we can show them how to have that. And that's not only an opportunity, that's our responsibility. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in all the peripheral stuff that, that, that we miss the mark. And I've told you before, you know, when we miss the mark, that's the analogy for sin. Because we, we don't put into practice what we know. Can you guys imagine how busy every single one of us would be if we put into practice every single thing we knew that we knew of the Bible? Would you guys be able to stay busy? Could you get in trouble? No, because you're too busy doing everything the Bible says to do. We wouldn't have time to get in trouble. But sometimes we forget. Sometimes we get distracted and disrupted. And that's the world. Okay. So I thank you guys for tolerating this and putting up with this. Um, we may discuss one more thing with this next week. And then we're going to move in to what it means to be a church member. What it really means to be a church member. And we're going to look at all the processes that go on in the church. We're going to look at the five functions of the body of Christ. Okay? And that's going to be a roller coaster ride. Because for some of us, we may have to make some adjustments, just like looking at this stuff. Right? Questions, thoughts? Has this been overwhelming to most of you? Just a little foggy. If you have those books and you haven't done a profile, please take those books with you and do that profile. Now, if you, if you have a book already and, and you're going you're gonna, to, um, you've already done it or you haven't done it on the one you have at home, please go home and do it so it gives you the opportunity to understand better. All right? But if you haven't done the profile and you don't have a book, please take the book home, do it, so that you'll have a better understanding of what those items mean. And if you struggle with it, call me. We'll get together. We'll have a cup of coffee or a glass of tea or water, and I'll help you work through it. It's not a big deal. Okay? I don't mind that. Okay? Any other questions? Man, you guys are just so quiet tonight. It's not Sunday morning. You guys can talk. <laughs>
All right. All right. Well, let me go ahead and pray. You guys got a, one more song? All right. Let me go ahead and pray, and Dennis is going to close us in a prayer after I pray. All right. Father God, I know in a group even this size, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of unspoken prayer requests. Uh, I'm not sure why everybody's so quiet tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would just instill in their hearts um, the information that we're trying to give to them and how they can apply it to their life and put it into, put it into practice. Help us put what we know of God's word into practice each and every single day. And if we, Lord, just take the time and, 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 and put into practice those things, <laughs> the, that fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, if we would just do those things, that'll give us a running start. That'll give us the path to learn all the other things we need to learn about how to be more and more like you each and every day in our lives. Now, Father, we love you and we praise you, and I thank you for the time that you've allowed us to spend here together tonight. I pray that something that was said or asked or answered or done or even the booklets themselves would, would help draw others closer to you and help each one of us be more mature in our walk with you. Help us fully come to understand who you are, Jesus, and what you have done for us so that when the time comes for you to call us home, we will be mature and complete and ready to go. And we simply ask these things and we thank you for all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Yes. Sure. take that home and pray for Adam guys okay and Dennis if you would when you close out would you just pray for him Ruth Heatherly okay what's the update COVID okay all right yeah Donna will be a good nurse. All right. Anyone else? Okay. Dennis? He lives.
serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. Uh, Pastor, was the lady's name Ruth? Okay. Uh, dear Lord, we ask you to especially be with uh, Ruth in, in all of the things that she needs from you. And Lord, uh, from, for Adam, Lord, we ask you to be with him and encourage him. And Lord, we ask you to uh, bring him back uh, for um, whether, uh, no matter what it's for, uh, but especially um, for his soul to be encouraged. And um, Lord, we just thank you for this time that we've had uh, today, uh, this evening, and we thank you again for each person that's here. Lord, I pray that uh, uh, each person will have felt uh, your spirit and been encouraged and Lord, we truly give you all the praise and glory. And Lord, help us to make every single person feel very warmly welcomed. And uh, again, 
we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and have a good evening, folks.